as humans, I find that there are so many issues that we have, a lot of baggage that we carry for different reasons, you know. But one of the things that have been mentioned a lot lately, and I find that a lot of us, including me, because I, I find myself suffering from that too, is anxious attachment to people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good it's a good day to talk about anxious attachment today. So let's do that. Welcome to episode six. I love that she's counting in her head as we start this episode. <laughs> yes, it's six. Yes, welcome to episode six. <laughs> sex, relationships, careers, and just plain life from the experience of two Latina actresses. Welcome to the Unfiltered. Hi, I am Vanessa Tomasino. And my name is Maria Bruson. So anxious attachment. Here's a, a brief kind of description of what it looks like. It says people with anxious attachment are usually needy. They are anxious and have low self-esteem. They want to be close with others, but are afraid that people don't want to be with them. As a child, your parents probably were inconsistent. They already, I, I think yeah. I already got it. Okay, yeah. this is the episode. Thank you. Thanks for Bye. watching. Bye. Um, as a child, your parents probably were inconsistent and they might have responded sometimes. Do you want to start or should I start? Um, I think we, that and, and everyone can relate to, to the definition at some point in their lives or at some, at some level. Um, I can definitely relate to, to what you just read because I know and I identified thanks to TikTok that I do have anxious attachment. And sometimes I also discovered that anxious attachment can be it, it can be portrayed in like different things. One of those things, um, behaviors. I mean, one of those behaviors is when you, when you try to put up like, like little fights just to see if this, if that significant other is gonna, is gonna care enough mm-hmm. to give you the reassurance that you want. And that's me literally 80% of the time in my relationship. Really? Yeah. And my boyfriend is, he's, he's great. He's very patient. And, um, the other day I, I actually recorded a TikTok about it and I never posted it cause I, I don't know like if I should, but I do, I do have this, like these little moments where I'm like, does he care enough to, to, you know, mm-hmm. um, show me he loves me even if I put up a fight. Ah, yeah. I understand because I do the same. It's almost like you test. Mm-hmm. It's like a little, little test. A little, little test. Yeah. To see if this person is really ready to go the way. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm not proud of it. I, it's just something that I, I can't control most of the time. No, I think it's not something that we are very happy to have as a, a tool, you know, and there are skill in our mm-hmm. toolbox, but, but, but we do have it. And, and like, Let's just discuss about our upbringings because I, ha- I think it has a lot to do with our childhood. Of course, of course. But, but you and I come from a different generation. We have different parents. We're not siblings, <laughs> just in case we were sisters. Just, you know, by you know, sisters, hard <laughs> sisters. Um, 
we don't have the same family, different generation, different experiences, and yet we both suffer from anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. What is it that you think that was that one factor or the factors in your childhood that may maybe made you anxious? I mean, I can't complain. I've had a great life. Um, I'm, and I'm very, very privileged to have a lot of things that most of the people in our country don't have. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to start off by saying that and like that as a little disclaimer, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom was a single mom um, up until I was seven years old when she married my dad. But um, I know my I've, I've known my dad for most of my life. Obviously they met when I was three. So I, I've known him for 24 years and he's my dad. He, he, you know, he, he's the one who raised me, but obviously like, I feel like subconsciously, like knowing that my biological father, uh, didn't want me and he wasn't there, you know, it's just like, it's not about my, my, my dad, my stepdad, who I call my dad. It's not about my dad. It's about, knowing that my blood didn't want me. It's something, it, it fucks you up to some level, I guess. And I've never had the curiosity to like meet him or anything or talk to him, like never, ever. Like I, like my dad is my dad and, and I feel like that would be almost disrespectful to my dad to like want to get in touch with my biological father. But that's beyond the point. Point is like, Um, then my parents got a divorce when I was 18. So I guess just the dynamic in my family, um, it was just, it was, it was weird. It's, it was not like traumatizing mm -hmm. or anything. It was just like, I never had, I, no one never set the example for me of what a healthy marriage look, looks like, or what a healthy relationship looks like. So since I had to like figure that out myself in my relationship. It's been harder. So I don't really know how to identify like certain behaviors from men, if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, I react anxiously mm -hmm. just to see if, if they care enough to like stay. Because for me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. For no, me, bad. I've had this like pattern that everyone leaves. Yeah you know, abandonment. Yeah. And like I said, I love my dad. He's been the most amazing dad. Um, on, honestly, like I see other dads that are not as present with their own biological children. And my dad, who I don't share anything but love, because like, I don't have his last name. I don't have his blood, anything. Mm -hmm. He is amazing and i love him so much but it's just something like psychological it's pathological like i can't explain it it's funny how when it comes down to blood relations you know we feel so rejected by the people that gave us life mm -hmm. when you think about it we should feel better if somebody who's not related to us wants to be in our mm -hmm. lives You know, because that's really unconditional love. They have chosen mm -hmm. to love us yes. despite the fact that they're not biologically our parents. So it says a lot about them choosing to love you mm -hmm. while 
But for some reason, we are so damaged by a rejection from a relative, you know, especially parents who, you know, mom, dad, biological. Mm -hmm. If anything happens in our relationship with them, we're fucked, you know, and and then all these wonderful people come to us to want to be our parents willingly and voluntarily be like, mm -hmm. I want to love you. And we're like, yes, I love you too. But it still hurts that your biological parents, some of them chose not to be in our lives. You know, I, I've always find, found that fascinating. Maybe because like, at least in, in our society, like they tell you that family is everything and family goes above everything and anything and that there's nothing more important than family. So if that's so ingrained mm -hmm. in our in our society then obviously if your own parent doesn't want you it's like it's hurtful it's, it's hurtful do you think it's only our society though because i know I, yeah. i mean i want to talk like the, yeah. as our society in general right now contemporary yeah. society mm -hmm. i agree um because it happens in all cultures right like mm -hmm. people feel rejected um but one of the things the definition said was inconsistency too in behaviors right mm -hmm. and I, it's not only like you said, which I think is so it's super important, which is we don't have role models of what a healthy relationship looks like. Um, even if, if your parents stay married, they some some are still pathological. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's also not a good example. I think, you know, if a lot of people say, oh, we're sticking together, you know, we're, we're, we're staying together for the kids. But the relationship is broken. Yeah, it's still also, not healthy. Yeah, that's also not an example. It's not a good. It's not a good example. Yeah. So it's not a matter of staying together and being a family for the sake of being a family, but it's actually being present. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so that inconsistent behavior can lead to this anxious attachment that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. In your case, it's perhaps the the difference in in behavior. For example, if your your parents. Uh, would walk, work a lot and not be there. Or, you know, I find in my case, uh, my anxious attachment comes from both my parents. My mom worked too much. I love her to death and she's everything to me, but she worked a lot. She's a, she was a single mom too. My parents got divorced when I was five and she was a single mom and she worked her ass off because we had zero, zero uh, economic help from anybody. Mm. So my mom had to do everything. So I saw her struggle all the time. And so sometimes she was there, sometimes she wasn't. When she wasn't, she was working. I knew that, mm -hmm. you know, but nevertheless, I still, I still felt lonely and in a way abandoned mm -hmm. with my dad, like your dad, biological dad, my dad, chose to somewhat be part of my life during the weekends. Although my mom says that he, if I would call him up in the week, he would answer the phone. So it's not like he rejected mm -hmm. me, but my dad was too young. My dad, he was 20. How old was your mom and you? She was 18 when she had me. And I don't know my, I don't know my, your, da, your mom was 18 when she had, yeah. Okay. She, she was really young. Yeah. Like my mom, my mom was 19. Mm -hmm. She got pregnant 19. She had me at 20. So we're talking about teenage moms here. Mm -hmm. They're still children. I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame them. Like, no, me honestly, neither. Like, me neither. They're, you know, you just brought a human to this planet. Like, mm -hmm. like they, 
they could barely take care of themselves and they're taking care of another human. Like I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that's, that's when I think about like this generation, how like everyone's so hesitant about having babies and, yeah. you know, becoming parents. And then we have the older generation saying like, you're so selfish. Like I had you when you were 16, when I was 16 and, <laughs> and I could take care of myself and you and your and how, brothers. How and did that work out for you? Exactly. So like, <laughs> like what, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, do you want a generation full of trauma or do you want, you know, mm-hmm. do you want, our generation to like wait a little bit until we can figure some things out and have better, you know, better lives and make better decisions. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like you can't, you can't make everybody happy, but no, I think it's a good thing that newer generations are like waiting it out a little bit more, a little longer. Obviously you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be perfect, perfect parent. And I mean, your kids, are going to have some trauma like regardless my kids are traumatized already like i <laughs> i swear you know it's it's you're never ready for that i mean i wanted to get into the subject of kids later because i wanted to get you know past our parents first mm-hmm. and then move on to how shitty of a parent i feel every day oh, um i think it's every parent's you know fear every day that you're raising your kids poorly and mm-hmm. And if it's not, then you're doing something wrong. You should be afraid. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'll, I'll get to my kids in a while. But uh, I just want to finish with our parents. Um, I agree with you. I don't blame my parents either. They were too young. I don't think they knew what, what, what was happening to them. But it still left that in us. Um, you pick up fights. I do the same thing. Um, I not only pick up fights, I do this weird thing where I remove myself from the situation, you know? Yeah, me too. Okay, so we're good. We're on the same page, right? Where there, you know, he's talking to me and I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, why are you talking to me like you're talking to a wall? Mm -hmm. It's like you you suddenly don't have feelings. I'm like, I know. And something I can't turn it off, you know? It's like, because I'm, it's already like I'm defensive because I know at some point he'll leave me. You know, because I feel like my anxiety comes from the fact that I know that at some point he will say, Vanessa, I am done. That's kind of like the track, you know, record of my, the history of my relationships. And, and, and I understand that the common denominator is me. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they were in the wrong. I think I clearly am in the wrong Um, because I, I don't, I do that. That thing that you say you do too, you know, where I, I test them. I don't fully believe that they love me. I don't quite believe that they will stay. Mm-hmm. So I'm always at a margin. Like it's, it's almost like I believe you at an arm's length, mm-hmm. you know, like I let you into my life with conditions, you know, I, because that way, the moment you leave me, I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I never needed you in the first place. It's almost like I don't bring down my guard. Yeah, it's having our guard up, guard up all the time. All the time to not be mm-hmm. um, heartbroken, to not get your heart broken. Do you think there are women who let their guard down, or men? I don't know. Whoever. Do you think there are people who let their guards down yeah. completely? Yeah. 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 I don't know them. <laughs> I have. Really? Yeah. It take it took me a while, and it takes it takes someone who has anxious attachment a while 
to you know well a while and a lot a lot of reassurance for mm -hmm. sure um but obviously like people that have grown up in like a healthy family dynamic and situation like i'm sure they have like amazing relationships really do you, oh, hold on do you know this or you think you know this i mean i've i've known a couple really of people. yeah oh i don't know any i mean yeah nothing's nothing's perfect obviously but um it's obviously easier when you're just not trying to pick up fight every five seconds <laughs> oh my god that's me uh it's almost like i i, I don't want to believe that they love me you know it's like oh, i'm not sure i want to see you know would you eat that piece of sushi for me you know um also when it comes to being needy i am a, i'm needy in a very different way i'm not those needy kind of women where like you know like be next to me all the time call me all the time mm -hmm. blah, blah blah there are certain things that i do need mm -hmm. for example i can't believe i'm saying all this stuff i need for people when they message me to attach an emoji to the message you never do that like i know you're always like okay and i'm like <laughs> probably like okay but the thing is the and you know exactly what that okay means it's okay you know that's vanessa okay um but but that's because you're not my partner Okay. But in my relationships, I need an emoji. I need to know how to read that text. Are you happy? If you say everything's good and there's no happy face, then I know it's a sarcastic, everything's good. You know what I mean? Like, I need to read you. I need to, if I can't yeah. see you, I need to know what you look like through an emoji. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's the kind of needy thing that I have. I need to see an emoji mm -hmm. for me to understand what's going on. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are we good? That's a, yes. That's the other thing. Whenever I'm separated from my partner, if if it's an unstable relationship, which is most of the time, um, that gap in time, I don't know how that person is coming back. You know, like I don't know if the next time I see them, he's gonna be angry or he's gonna be upset. You know, it's very weird. And so whenever I have to get into that situation of oh, I'm not gonna see you for a few days or for a day or whatever, my anxious attachment kicks in mm -hmm. because I feel like oh, what if next time I see him, he's gonna be angry. What if, what if I said something wrong and now he's not talking to me? Like it kicks in horrible, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's why I am afraid of relationships. I am, I am the queen of non-commitment. I hate commitment. Mm -hmm. I've run away from it. It shouldn't have to be like that, but I do. And, you know, that's why I am getting help, you know, because I know that I need to overcome this kind of stuff, right? Uh, I'm still not ready, clearly, um, but I need to overcome this kind of stuff. But that's kind of needy that I am. I need that. Yeah. I'm I'm an 80 person as well. I'm I'm needy uh physically like like hug me, mm -hmm. hold my hand, or just like cuddle me. Um I'm not as needy on text, I don't think so. I just because I just I just hate texting, I hate being on the phone. Um You sometimes don't reply. Yeah, I'm really bad at I'm really bad with my phone. She's terrible. I'm terrible. Terrible. Um, but I try my best. I try my best. And yeah i don't think i'm needy in like an like a whole different another way than you are like i'm needy physically and like with words i need i need i need, words I need like words of affirmation i need reassurance i need like i love yous i need all this like i need to know what's going on in your mind i need yeah. i need all the details huh mm -hmm. I, i i need the verbal affirmation too um i need the physical too like i like holding hands too But I like intimacy too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like to have a, a, 
a healthy sexual relationship with my partner. If, if I feel like I don't want to sleep with my partner or I feel that my partner is hesitant, I'm out. Like it's just, it's an immediate, I'm out. I don't, yeah. I'm, I don't know. It's something weird. So that's, uh, I guess that's mean and not chill with relationships, but I think that anxious attachment also comes with friendships, you know, and, and other relationships with parents. I mean, still with parents. It just manifests a lot in relationships as we grow older. Mm -hmm. And it's so obvious because we are, we spend so much time in intimate relationships that we forget that we have other relationships like our friendships, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I guess it manifests more in relationships because of that, because that's where we spend most of our time. Um, I have to say that for me, anxious attachment wasn't really an issue until I recognized there was a pattern of behavior that was very damaging in my relationships. And obviously, given that I haven't been very successful at relationships and I am the common denominator, it's clear that there's something that is in me, this anxious attachment and many other things that are part of, are contributing to this very uh, hurtful relationships. And I'm pretty sure I have hurt most of my partners emotionally. And it's, I, I have this inability of connecting with them emotionally. And it's funny because as an actor, I am amazing at my job connecting, mm -hmm. you know, like as an actor, I can stand in front of a camera and tell the most amazing love story. I bring down my walls. I'm very transparent. It's the only place where I feel loved and free and not judged. And, you know, and I don't have that anxious attachment. And then in my real life or in my out of set life, I am so different. I'm like frozen. I, I don't process emotions very well. And I'm like, you know, it's so weird. I, I, I don't let anybody into my life, even though it seems like I do because I have an amazing facade, you know, of this, mm. of this girl who is free and light and blah, blah. It's not true. I rarely let people in because, because of what you said, I'm always testing them. I don't know if I actually can really trust them, mm -hmm. you know, and, and chances are, I don't trust them. You know, I, I I mean, you can only trust a handful of people. That's um, true, too. We live in a really weird world where you get to know people and you're like, I did not know that about you. I'm scared. I don't want to be your friend anymore, you know, yeah. and it, shit like that happens all the time, let alone with partners and people you meet on Tinder. You know, it's like, who are you, serial killer? You know, it's weird. But for me is as a parent... I'm very nervous about traumatizing my kids and I can recognize some traits in my mm. kids that are saying I am developing anxious attachment because of me, <laughs> because of me. Um, I work a lot. I travel a lot and I don't take them with me. My kids feel that in that instability of one day I will just grab my bag and I will leave and they are they don't know where i'm going they don't know when what's happening you know and and i find that the you know my doctor keeps telling me that whenever things like that happen i have to let them know um i have to let them know you know that i'm going on a trip because i'm working on a movie and i'm coming back i rarely do that i don't tell them what's happening i just go like i'll see you later mm -hmm. and then i disappear i mean how traumatizing is that for kids i disappear uh, and so I, I'm noticing that in my oldest son, he gets anxious. He's like, uh, 
he's very attached to me and he's afraid that I'm going to leave. Mm -hmm. That's something that it's my fault. I've scarred him, you know, in a way. Um, and so I'm trying now to be more present and just to show him that he's not going to be abandoned, you know, but I struggle with that because I'm now when you have kids, it's not just your anxious attachment is your anxious attachment passing on to yeah, your kids. You can't repeat patterns. You, you have to try oh. mm -hmm. your hardest to like try to break that pattern that's that's one of my fears and i we've talked about it with my boyfriend like i tell him mm -hmm. well one time he told me it's funny we were, we're like getting into an argument and he said it's funny because a lot of things that you that you really don't like about your mom you're doing it too mm -hmm. and i mean yes i'm gonna love you regardless and that's part of his reassurance which I appreciate so much because he tells me he's going to love me regardless. But he tells me like, you need to work on that because, you know, you always say how your mom does this, your mom does that, and how you, you hate that. But if you don't work on it because you're doing it like unconsciously, you don't know you're doing it. I do. If you don't fix that, then you're going to pass it on to your kids. And then guess what? Mm -hmm. Guess how they're going to feel towards you. And I'm like, fuck. So he i told him like you need to help me to work on those things that you know that i don't like about my relationship with my mom so that when the time comes i don't repeat that mm -hmm. and even with him like he told me like sometimes i i can like snap yeah at him and i can like you know yeah run out of patience and he's he's always like hey you snapped and i don't like that i think that's part of the anxious attachment. and i get so defensive I'm like yeah no but like and he's like no you did yeah you can't talk to me that way and i'm like fuck i'm sorry yeah and, you're testing and him like i know and i i know that i do it like not knowing that i hurt him but then when he points it out that i know i'm hurting him so it's it's really hard and and honestly anxious attachment feels like self-sabotage it is self-sabotage it is it is mm -hmm. it is unfortunately that's what it is Like anxious attachment is just a fancy word for self-sabotage. Self it's true. You know, I find myself in, whenever I'm happy in a relationship, I'm super happy. And then this idea comes in, kicks in like, mm, maybe he's pretending to love you. Maybe he doesn't actually love you. Mm -hmm. And then my head goes, you're right. Let's test him. <laughs> and then I go, hey, buddy, do you remember that one time you said this comment and blah, blah, blah? okay well what did you mean by that and they're like usually like what what are you talking about remember that word that you used back in 1989 yeah. you know it's like what and i can hear myself going like vanessa what are you doing do you need why are you picking a fight yeah. and it's almost like my other voice going hold on let me see if he's gonna really put up with us yeah. you know it's so weird and my And my voice is always telling me, he's going to run. Watch him run. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be right. You don't need him. We don't need anybody. That's literally my voice. Do it. Do it. Do, do, it, it, do, it, it, do it. Test do him. It. Guess what? He's going to lie. He's going to lie. And you're going to kick him out. And then you're going to be happy that you're not with him. That's like my entire like soundtrack in my mind. The mind works in su such a peculiar <laughs> way because like yeah like i can relate to that in like past relationships how you're like i just want to prove myself that i'm right yeah like, i want to prove myself that i'm right and i just want to cause myself a heartbreak and like let's do it let's go for it mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. you know, prove yourself right. And that's self-sabotage. I mean, you know, another thing that I think about is when is my glow? (laughs) This is totally ridiculous. Ancient attachment talking to me. It's always like, where is my glow going to end? You know, like when are they going to finally realize I am this terrible person? You know, like I'm always thinking, you know, when are they going to be get bored with me? I have this feeling of people getting bored with me, which I don't know why I'm a very fascinating person. Like I I don't think anybody could eventually get bored with me because I have, I am like ADHD, you know, I have so many ideas that I have so many projects and, and I do so many things that I'm, I'm very interesting yet. When I'm in a relationship, I'm always almost like counting the hours to see when they're going to say, you know what, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore or I'm, I, I'm bored or, you know, and I always say, oh, you're going to get bored with me. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then I, I, I plant that seed in their head, you know, mm-hmm. and then they get worried. I'm like, am I going to get bored with her when before it wasn't even an issue? Mm-hmm. That kind of self-sabotage. For me, it's more like. For a very long time, not anymore, but for a very long long time, I felt like I was unlovable. Mm-hmm. Oof, me too, all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. So that was my main issue. Like I felt like I like I was unlovable. Like people were not capable of loving me because, like, like I said, like time and time again, like people leave and people like abuse my trust and people just think that they can, you know, just take advantage of my kindness and my empathy. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like I was, like I was unlovable. And like, I I would always tell my partners, like, like I'm unlovable. Like I'm not like, you will never be able to love me. Like I'm like, I do not deserve love. That's so crazy. You know, that's so crazy. It's so real. It's sad. Mm -hmm. There's nothing unlovable about us. I mean, just, I mean, we're not perfect, but, um, but you know, somebody, well, you have a boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. You know, someone will come along that will appreciate everything that you are and heal you and heal you because you will understand. Although by then you should be healed before getting into a relationship because if you're not, you will kill him. Uh, But, but there will come a time where these questions about being loved or unloved or whatever will dissipate because there will mm-hmm. be someone who will bring so much peace mm-hmm. and so much That's word, understanding peace. that you will be like, this is, this is heaven. I don't have any doubts. You know, I don't feel anxious. He's and trustworthy, you know, and you don't feel like he's going to leave or abandon us. Mm-hmm. Or that he's not going to go with someone else. I mean, cheating is, uh, cheating has nothing to do with a person. Like, for example, if, if I cheated on my boyfriend or my imaginary boyfriend, because yeah, if I cheated on my imaginary boyfriend, it has nothing to do with him. It, ha- it has everything to do with me. Mm-hmm. It's clear that I am looking for some sort of validation in another person that's not my partner. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the my, my partner could say, oh, Vanessa cheated on me because I'm not attractive or Vanessa cheated on me because she got bored. It's not that. Vanessa cheated on her partner because she is empty inside and thinks thinks that by sleeping with another person that's not her partner will validate her. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. That's why when I, when I hear so many people about 
talk about cheating, I'm always trying to explain, like the victims, obviously, saying, you know, he cheated on me, she cheated on me. I'm like, listen, it has nothing to do with you. Your partner was broken. That's why I'm like so against how, you know, I think we I've mentioned this in another episode, mm -hmm. how when celebrities, you know, like a couple, a celebrity couple and the guy cheats on her and mm -hmm. everyone on, on the Internet is like, like, oh, if she gets cheated on and she's a goddess and she's, you know, God, um, what's left for us and like mortals, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, like, look. It has nothing to do with the woman or the person who was cheated on. It has everything to do with the cheater who's insecure and, you know, is trying to look for some validation. Like you just said, like, I'm so against against the that way of thinking that you should feel like bad for the person who's being cheated on. Like, like, no, don't feel bad. No, obviously it hurts and that's fine. Yeah. But like. It has everything to do and the problem relies on the person who's cheating. Yes, not on the on the quote unquote victim. The victim usually is a, a, a standby, you know, somebody who's yeah. who's an innocent victim. You know, he 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 or she has nothing to do with the with the decision of cheating. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's up to us to say whether you're gonna stay with that person after cheating. That's a whole different yeah. thing. And it has a lot to do with self-esteem. But but the cheater is usually the one who's struggling in life, and that's why he's cheating not the victim and you're right saying things like oh poor you know in this case poor shakira for example yeah. you know he cheated on her it's not no no it's not poor they, shakira. they compare the two women like oh shakira is so much better than like it has nothing, nothing to, to do. do with shakira being like yeah. ugly or old or any of those things it has everything to do with him yeah he is looking for something else and who knows like yeah maybe he found it maybe not like who knows yeah it has nothing to do with who is better or, or mm -hmm. as a matter of fact i i can actually say that maybe he would have gone with anybody yeah because what he was seeking was validation it didn't matter where it came from um so yeah you're right so i think we all have to work on those things i know i have to work on my anxious attachment in order to get into a healthy relationship so i'm not there I'll be single for another 10 years, people. So, mm. <laughs> and that's fine by me. I just need to work on that because I do think that it's self-sabotage, like you said, and no one deserves that in a relationship. No, I know I've worked on my on my um, anxious attachment a little bit, but it's a long way to, to go. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm glad we're in this road together. Yes. Yeah. We're healing together. If you have any questions for us or any comments regarding your anxious attachment or anything else, you can contact us. You can contact Maria as MF Bruson, Instagram and TikTok. And you can contact me, Maria, as Vanessa Tomasino, one N, one S, all together on TikTok and Instagram. Thank you. And you can also say on Facebook, no, because Vanessa won't reply. <laughs> I, I've added that little extra part. Thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful. If it resonates with you that perhaps you have some anxious attachment and didn't know, well, it's a good time to look into it. And we hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.